Paul's here at Cedar Hills. And we are so glad that you're with us for the continuation of this, ser- uh, this series about our first love, reclaiming that love of Jesus. And last week we had a great opportunity to hear about the authority of Jesus. The authority of Jesus and that love that shows to us. And this week we are going to uh, get a look at God's forgiveness. And we're going to look at uh, Luke 22, verses 54 uh, to 65. First, I also want to thank you for praying for uh, my family and I as we were at a funeral for Jeanette's grandma yesterday. Uh, so thank you for the prayers and for the traveling mercies that we had the last couple days. What I'm wondering as we go into the scripture today, though, is, well, I, I know you've all had these times with your parents where you knew you were in trouble. I'm wondering, how did you know you were in trouble? Was it the words that they used? Or maybe how they used them? Or was it the look? You know what I'm talking about, the look. Where whenever you see the look, you put yourself into timeout. Because you know it's not going to be good. Well, today, we are going to talk about the look of Jesus. Peter received the look in our passage today. We're going to talk about what that means for him him and what it means for us. Before we get there, let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day and for this time that we have together. Would you speak your word to our hearts? Would your spirit help us know exactly what you've called us to hear? And Lord, may we go out impacted by your truth. We pray this in your name. Amen. So Luke 22, 54. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. But when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know what you're talking about. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly, this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you'll disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded prophecy. Who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. This was not Peter's shining moment. He denied that he even knew Jesus three times. But it wasn't a surprise, or at least it shouldn't have been a surprise. If you would turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 14, we're going to read verses 27 to 31 to to get a picture of what Jesus said to Peter just Hours earlier, 
Mark 14, verse 27. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. Well, we heard how that ended up for Peter. He was emphatic, I will go to the death for you. And often, at least for me, I read that passage where Peter denies Jesus three times and I shake my head and I say, oh, silly Peter. Oh, silly. You should have known. You know better than that, Peter. You, had just, you just proclaimed that Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, and, and now you're denying that you even know him? Oh, Peter. He had been with Jesus. He had experienced the truth of Jesus. Have, have any of you ever been there where you've experienced Jesus? I, I work with youth and we go on trips two or three times a year. And every time we go on a trip, the students always say, oh, we've experienced Jesus here with, with the worship or with the speakers. And they are always ready to go out of those weeks or weekends ready to take on the world. They are going to go back and they are going to change their friends. They're going to change their family. They're going to change their schools for Jesus Christ. And the speakers always say, you know it's going to be difficult when you get home. And their response always is, no, we're going to do it. We're going to make it happen. And then you get back home into reality, into some tough situations. And that excitement, that passion lasts for a week, a day, an hour, And soon we could say, oh, silly us. Oh, silly us. We had been with Jesus. And now we're denying that we even know him. Silly us. Peter was faced with some difficult decisions. Jesus, his teacher, had just been captured. And we'll give him this, he was bold enough to at least follow behind. But then when confronted, oh, you were with him. His immediate response is to say no. And at first I kind of see him saying it kind of to brush off the topic, he doesn't want to talk about it. But at the end, if you look at, actually, if you looked in the book of Mark, he, he calls curses down on himself and says, No, I don't know him. Seriously, I don't know the guy. Don't quit bothering me. I don't know him. It seems to ramp up until the end where he has deceived himself to believe this lie that he's saying. I wonder how close that hits home for us today in church. Many times we come to church and we sing songs and we, ex- we experience God and we experience the truth of those words. 
And, and we hear his word being spoken, and we want to go out here to transform the corridor. Have you heard that? Right? We want to transform the corridor, and we believe that God is calling us to do it. We are so excited, and then we walk out the doors, and we say, what's for lunch? What do we need for groceries this week? What do the kids need for school? Um, what do I need to get accomplished to get prepared for Monday? And then you're driving down the road, and of course, somebody cuts you off, and you cover your kids' ears while you explain to the driver exactly what he did wrong. <laughs> and we laugh because it's all too familiar, isn't it? that we're here and we're experiencing Jesus and then we walk out these doors and we live as if we don't know Jesus. Oh, silly us. But, but you guys have heard about sin plenty of times. And, and so let's look at how Peter responded. Look at how Peter responded to getting called out on his disobedience. Verse 60. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken before the rooster crowed today. You will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. His first response when being shown his sin is to break down and weep. I don't know about you, but that's not usually my first response when I am corrected. One of my first responses would be, I'm not hurting anybody, right? Nobody's getting hurt by me doing this. It's okay. Or maybe Peter, in this situation, what if Peter would look at Jesus and say, well, Jesus... I'm not doing very, anything very bad. Look at the people who are arresting you and calling you bad names. Now, pick on them. Have you ever tried to deflect when somebody tries to hold you accountable? Or what if, what if Jesus, or what if Peter would say this? Jesus, it's your fault. You got arrested. You're not being the leader that I thought you were going to be. And so, really, you're the one that's causing a problem, Jesus. Have you ever reacted that way when somebody's holding you accountable to the word of God? In turn, you say, yeah, but you're doing something else wrong. Instead of taking ownership. To be honest, I think this sermon is more for me than for you this week. Because I've had some moments like that over the last couple days where I don't like to take ownership for where I have stepped out of God's will. And I like to put it on somebody else. And last night on our way home from Indiana, it was my prayer that my whole family and that our church family would, would be like Peter. And we would own up to our mistakes. That we would own up to our brokenness. And that we stop trying to excuse it away or saying it's not that bad. Because we don't do the big sins, right? We don't do the big sins like killing somebody or abusing somebody. And we just do the little things. Um, we just, you know, swear every now and then because that's just the world today. We just tell little white lies, or we just fill our lives with godless thoughts and behaviors because that is the world. I don't know how many times I hear 
when it comes to entertainment like videos and, and movies and TV, the response is, well, that's just real life. So it's okay to have all the violence and sexual immorality and, and swearing because that's just real life. And it's okay for us to put that into our minds and our bodies. And I start to wonder, silly us. Silly us. Are we acting like we've been with Jesus or with the world? Peter lost it when Jesus looked at him. And I'm going to go out on the limb and say, I don't think it was a look that you've received from your parents kind of look. With your parents, there might be a little bit of anger in the face, frustration. I think with Jesus, it was a look of compassion and a look that asked this question to Peter. Peter, do you really know me? And in that moment, Peter realized that he had sinned. He was reminded of who Jesus is. He was reminded of the grace of God. The realization of sin hurt Peter. And church, when we realize sin, it needs to hurt us. We all too often just brush it aside like it's no big deal. Sin is a big deal. We are disobeying the God of the universe who deserves our perfection. It should cut to our heart. It should break our heart, our disobedience, our disrespect, our selfishness. It's my prayer that we can admit that today that we can come clean before Jesus. It is my prayer that his eyes would look into our heart and that we would weep before him. What love, what compassion of Jesus Christ to help us know when we've stepped out of line. I believe there's no greater love than what Jesus did. And I believe it is an act of love to come alongside a brother or sister in Christ and speak the truth of God's word into their situation. But can we admit that today, in our churches and in our world, that being told you're wrong is not an easy thing to hear? Usually, if there's a disagreement, the word hate immediately comes up not love. Love is walking beside a brother and sister in Christ with the truth of God's word, not shying away from helping them understand sin through the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter realized in that moment that he could not fix himself, but only Jesus could fix him. And so we get to forgiveness. The love of Jesus in forgiveness. If you would turn with me to John 21. This is right after Jesus had risen, he has a conversation with Peter. 
that I believe ties into the three times that Peter denied him. John 21, 15 through 17. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I don't think it's a coincidence that Peter was asked three times if he loved Jesus. And if you notice again, Peter amps up his energy in his responses till the end. Yes, Jesus, you know all things. You know I love you. He was professing who Jesus was. And Jesus said, okay, good. Because I need you to take care of these people. I need you to take care of the brothers and sisters in Christ and guide and lead them. The first question I love, Simon Peter, do you love me more than these Do you love me more than anything? Do you love me more than the opinion of that servant girl around the fire and what the other guys could have done to you? Do you love me more than your own life? Because if you do, that changes everything. Lead my people. And that leads me today to encourage us to answer that same question. Put your name in there. Jeremy, do you love God more than these? So the question I have for you guys today, do you love God? Do you love God? Do you? Do you love God? Do you? Do you love God? Then go. Lead his people. Act like you love God. Speak like you love God. Let others know that you love God no matter what in all situations. Easy or hard because God loves you. Let's pray. God, we admit that we are broken people. We are sinful people and that you have put your will in front of us. You have declared your truth in your word, and yet we walk outside of your perfect plan. And God, we, we are sorry. We have stepped away from you, and we have walked against you. And God, may your eyes peer into our hearts, and may we be broken. 
May we not just brush off our sin, but may we be seen as people who have been with you. May we not deny you by what we say and what we do, but may we preach your truth everywhere we go, walking in the firmness of your forgiveness and your love. I pray this in your name. Amen.